<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. <sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. I'm Sinead Grimes-Beach. And I'm Annalyn McCord. After years spent playing best friends on screen on 90210. And fighting like hell behind the scenes. Ah, yes. How could I forget? <laughs> we made it out of our time in Young Hollywood on a show that shared names with the most iconic zip code in the world. Bonded for life, but not without a shit ton of baggage in tow. Now we are back together letting it all hang out on our new podcast, Unzipped. Tune in and unzip with us and our brilliant guests every Wednesday, wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey everyone, I'm Jacqueline Johnson, the founder and CEO of Create and Cultivate, and this is Work Party, a podcast for a new generation of women who are ditching the rule book and redefining the meaning of work on their own terms. In each episode, we bring in leading female entrepreneurs for real talk advice on the topics that matter most to the modern career woman from hiring to mentorship to raising money and so much more. Whether you're pivoting to a new industry, negotiating a raise, turning your side hustle into a full-time gig, or pitching your company to investors, we're giving you the tips and tricks you need to take your career to the next level. Ready to make some money moves? Well, welcome to Work Party, the podcast. Lauren Bostick. She's a serial entrepreneur who's turned a passion for beauty, wellness, and no sense or advice into one of the most distinctive blogs online today, The Skinny Confidential. Woo! That's right. With over 1 million followers on Instagram and 90 million podcast downloads, Lauren has and continues to build and expand a lifestyle brand rooted in empowerment and total wellness. On this special live episode of Work Party, the podcast, we're in Austin chatting with Lauren on all things Skinny Confidential and how to build your brand from scratch, straight from the method she mastered on her journey to success. I'm going to need you guys to give a loud round of applause for Lauren Bostick! We are live with the Skinny Confidential. Hi, guys. <laughs> Thank God this is my good side. Yes. <laughs> God bless. God bless. Lauren, first off, congrats on baby number two. Thank you. How does Zaza feel about this? She's feeling indifferent, I feel like. She's a little bit sassy about it. She's acting out. <laughs> <laughs> but I left her with Michael, so I'm yeah. like, bye. Bye. Good luck, I'm Michael. has got to go. Have fun. <laughs> Amazing. Well, let's take a step back. 
Let's talk about the beginning of the Skinny Confidential. So take us way back to when you started the blog, why you started the blog, and how you got to where you are today. Yeah, so I started the blog when I was at San Diego State. I feel like I've told this story so many times, so I apologize if this is a repeat, but I was bartending and teaching Pilates and Pure Bar and doing like all the things that I was supposed to do. I was a full-time student. I felt really, really bored and, and not stimulated and I couldn't figure out what it was. And looking back, it's definitely that I wasn't tapping into that entrepreneurial side. And so I, I did something about it. I, I was like, where is their white space? And I was in a sorority and they were charging me $800. And that was a lot of money. And I, I couldn't afford $800 for friends. So I was like, how do I create this online and do it like bigger and better for free? And that's how it happened. Now, how long has this getting confidential been around? 13 years. Wow. So you were early to market. Like you were one of the first. And I remember Crate and Cultivate 2015 or something so long ago. But one thing I always loved about what you were doing is you were community first. You were always about the community. And now cut to you reach 1.3 million followers on Instagram alone. So what kind of difficulties did you face as you were trying to find your voice and establish the tone of your blog? Because I love how real it is, which is, can be scary to put out there at first. Yeah, I think from the womb, I've been an oversharer. And I think if you're starting a blog now, it doesn't mean you have to overshare. I just naturally am an oversharer. And that came very naturally to me. And from the beginning, I was like, I can't just tell you what outfit I'm wearing and what brand my shoes are. It needs to have more depth but also at the same time a niche. So like I started with a niche, which was health and fitness, but I wanted it to have depth. And I also wanted it to be bigger than Lauren Everett's, way bigger. I wanted it to have other people's tips and tricks and supermodel and celebrities and the everyday girl. I wanted it to be sort of a medley of everything. And I think at the time it was very popular to share like what nail polish you were wearing and what shoes you were wearing. And people weren't really tapping into lifting other people up. And mm. I think that I've really tried to do that throughout my career with the podcast. It's like showcase other voices other than my own, because to be honest, it's kind of boring and flat when it's just all about you all the time. And I think you have done a beautiful job with Create and Cultivate about bringing other people up. I think that's great advice for anyone who is starting a content creator platform today. You know, I think there's a lot of personal style blogs out there, but I think creating that community first and having a name that all encompasses like the skinny confidential is, is really amazing advice. So you've gone beyond the blog. You had a book, you have an app, you have a product line, you have a podcast with your husband, your own podcast. You have so much going on. What was the strategy behind diversifying out the business? I mean, I think it's really important to diversify your business and evolve. And so what I did is I started like an upside down triangle. I started super small, which was the health and fitness blog. And then I slowly expanded out. So this has been over 13 years. I think this is important to say whenever I speak, I did not make $1 for three years, not one. And I worked seven days a week. 
I was supplementing by bartending and I always say if you're not making money from your content find a service industry job because you're able to work for four to five to six hours doing that and then you can go home and put like all your energy towards the content so diversifying has always been super important we definitely had a strategy there it was like build the blog make that the mothership expand out to Instagram expand out to Facebook expand out to the other platforms and then I started to see that Instagram was was flat too. It was like a picture wasn't enough. I needed something that was was more connected to the audience. And this is at the time where podcasting was not very popular. And I thought this is such an amazing way to be able to have this intimate connection with your audience in their ear and, and, and just talk to them direct. And so we were like blacked out in Mexico off ginger margaritas and Michael's <laughs> like, let's start a podcast. And we wanted a him and her perspective. The blog had always been very much a her perspective. And to involve his masculine energy, I think, was kind of a unique spin on the Skinny Confidential. Started that. We were with a podcast network. It was a fucking nightmare. <laughs> so Michael's like, I'm going to start my own. And you know that story. Oh, yeah. It's you, all about it. Yeah, you saw the whole thing. Yes. I am not Dear Media, though. That is Michael. I just give my opinion and walk away. <laughs> yes, fair enough. I Honestly, that's probably a good thing. But no, I've been on the Him and Her podcast. Work Party is obviously on Dear Media. But you guys are both building empires at the same time. How is that? Because I feel like balancing both being a personality, you know, online, on the podcast, on Instagram stories, and then coming home and being like, we're working 100-hour weeks and I'm pregnant and then we have a kid. How do you balance it all? I feel like balance is such a hard word because everyone's definition is so different. I really have to have rituals and routines in my day so I can stay sane with everything that I'm managing. And I think it's so important to have people surrounding you that are better than you at what you do. So like Mimi's here, shout out to Mimi, she's in the audience somewhere. And she's super creative and she started, you know, working in my closet, helping me with dry cleaning and trash and packages. And now she's the creative editor and she helps so much and she's so good at what she does. So I really think that having a team of super strong people, and it doesn't have to be a big team, by the way. I'm all about lean and mean, and it doesn't have to be this huge, like overwhelming thing. Having people around you that are really, really good at what they do. And I never, when I look at a resume, I never look at where someone went to college. I look at taste. I know that sounds weird. Taste, their Instagram. If they're, if they're applying for creative, what does their aesthetic look like? If they're applying for content, what does their TikTok look like? I'm, I'm very much about energy and meeting the person. I could give a shit less where they went to college. I'm I, being honest. They're coming on to help build the, your brand. So I think that makes sense. So one of your mantras is launch fast and adjust. What has it been like adjusting to the changing landscape? As you mentioned, obviously, along the way of launching your blog, TikTok launches, Instagram stories launches. Like You have to constantly keep up. Can you tell us a little bit about that? I don't think you can do everything. I think you have to pick what you're really gonna lean into. And for me, my favorite thing to do is talk on a mic. It has not a lot to do with what you look like. It's more about the content you're creating, the community, the people you're bringing up. That's my ultimate favorite thing. I also like to write. So like books for me is a good outlet. I think you have to really find what it is that you're good at and double down. I think I see a lot of creators try to be on everything. And it, you almost end up saturating yourself. 
I also think, and I feel like this needs to be talked about more, that there's something to absence. We're so present on social media all the time. To take a step back and, and have a little mystery is good. It's a commercial break. People think they just have to pump content all day long. I'm a fan of like rejuvenating, taking a minute, taking a step back, figuring out what I want to do. I'm in this for the long haul. But as far as launch fast and adjust, I think if you are sitting here and you have an idea for content and you're not launching because you think it's too saturated or it has to be perfect, that's an excuse and you should just put it out there and, and sort of like work with the audience that you have, even if it's 10 followers, to see how you move forward. I think waiting until it's perfect, it's never gonna be perfect. I'm totally aligned on that. So speaking of success, your line of beauty wellness products beat projections since launched by 300%, and last year you raised over a million dollars for the line. I am obsessed with the line because you didn't go a traditional route of kind of launching a makeup line or a skincare line. You, cre you actually are inventing and creating beauty tools. So tell us a little bit about the line. I feel like any investor would have told me to launch product like seven years ago, <laughs> but I wanted the community to be very involved in it. So I needed to really tap into that and put my finger on what it was I needed to be launching. And obviously anyone who's followed the Skinny Confidential knows that de-puffing, like I, I run puffy. I'm fucking puffy right now. I'm, I'm just puffy. Like I'm a puffy person. <laughs> So to be able to launch something that's tightening and sculpting and chiseling and know that it hasn't really, I feel like it hasn't really been tapped into in the beauty industry. It's, it's, it's all about the creams you put on your face or the mask or the this. It's like nothing is like solving the problem of puff. So I really wanted to, one, solve that problem, and two, I wanted it to be very community-driven. So those were two things that were very important to me. I also wanted to create it from from scratch from my head and, and sort of edit what was already out there so that's what we did we launched like nine months ago and it's just been so crazy how the audience has supported but i also want to say the brand had been around for 11 years before i had product so like everything that you're listing about what it is now it's been around for 11 years this isn't something that just happened overnight I love that so much. I talk about that a lot because Crate and Cold Feet's been around for like almost 10 years now. So it takes, a, it takes a while. It feels like it's overnight success, but that's not always the case. So you've had some amazing podcast episodes covering difficult topics, ranging from addiction recovery, fertility, financial freedom. Why is it important to share some of these difficult conversations with your audience? How many times can we hear a wellness episode or healthy eating tips? There has to be, for me, there has to be more. I've had a lot of different things happen to me in my own life that I want to talk about. I've met a lot of different, interesting, curious, successful people that have had a lot of traumas. Or I just want to bring it to light and take the tabooness out of it. With our podcast, I mean, we will go there. That's just part of it. You know, we're going to ask the hard questions. I can't have a script of the same questions every single time. I definitely like to feel the energy of the person. We don't do Skype interviews because we like to do it face to face. And I think ultimately it's like you're in on a conversation that we would have at dinner over like three margaritas and the audience is, is privy to that and we involve them every step of the way. I love that. I think it's so important because you go beyond the polish and you're able to have these conversations that people are probably dealing with every day. So this quote from your blog, I absolutely loved. Entrepreneurship is living a few years of your life like most people won't, so you can spend the rest of your life like most people can't. It really is hard work. So tell us about 
your balance, how you wake up every day and do it, like what your, where your determination comes from? Yeah, I mean, entrepreneurship is, it's definitely a unique career choice. I think it's becoming more and more common, but I do think that it's in your bones. Like it's, it's I cannot sleep without executing the vision that I have. On that note, I know the vision's gonna take probably another 15 years. And so I think that's why I'm okay with the long game. But there's definitely days that I feel uninspired. I feel uninspired probably 80% of the time. And that's the truth. But it, I feel like it's about the times when you feel uninspired that makes the biggest difference. Taking the time you feel uninspired and having rituals in routines in that 80% is where the magic happens. I really believe that. What advice would you give someone in the audience who wants to launch their business or is an entrepreneur searching for success? What piece of advice would you give them? I would tell you to stop creating a narrative of excuse in your head because every single person I talk to gives me a reason of why they can't do it. There's a million reasons why you can't do it, but there's so many reasons on why you can. I would not listen to your parents. I would not listen to your friends. I'm, a type, I'm the type of person like, I don't talk about my ideas. The product line, like we launched. Why didn't, I mean, it took, listen, it took four years, but I wasn't going around to all my friends and asking their opinions. It's like, this is what I'm doing. This is, this is how we're doing it. Here's the systems to do it. I think what you, you get maybe like a little bit insecure when you talk to everyone and you ask their opinion. I, I will tell you, I had a investor tell me, a very, very successful investor tell me, what girl's gonna use a roller? A roller? You're gonna launch with that? Those conversations happened all the time. And I think if you get too caught up in them, it's really hard to like see the goal. So I would focus on what it is you're doing. I would create systems to get to those goals. And I would not listen to what other people say. No one knows your community better than yourself. And I think that's such great advice. I think going out, of course, advice is great and, and having conversations, but too many people in your head or doubts around your vision can be a real problem. So for you personally, looking back at all your success, what advice would you give your younger self 10 years ago? Are we talking business or personal? Let's do both. Uh, I would say get off the bar. <laughs> Play your top on. <laughs> what advice would I give myself? I went into business naive. And I kind of liked that. Like, I just didn't know what the fuck I was getting myself into. And there's something innocent about that. I feel like you were the same way with Create and Cultivate. You learn as you go. I didn't go to school for business. I didn't, you know, I, I, I had no idea what I was doing. You just learn as you go. And I think that any advice I would give myself is probably read more books. I love to read, but I would say read more books, consume more Audible. Any time that I had any downtime, like whether I'm folding laundry or cooking or whatever, consume more Audible and maybe just listen to more podcasts. The more knowledge, I think, the better. Yeah, I think now more than ever, there's so much access available. Like when we started, there was no such thing as a business podcast or a Create and Cultivate conference. Nothing. Like, so there's so much access out there. So I definitely think taking advantage of it is a, is a great way to do it. So you mentioned earlier you're a routine person. So can you take us through your morning routine? How much time do you have? <laughs> My morning routine is very important to me. People make fun of me about this. I don't care. It's something that is very important to me and it's something that helps me be effective. And I have tried days where I don't do a morning routine and it's not great. 
I realized that I have three non-negotiables in the morning, and I think everyone could pick their non-negotiables. This could be anything. My non-negotiables are I have to meditate, which is so boring, and I know everyone says that, but it's true. I have to make the bed because I feel like having a clean space is productive for me, and I have to hydrate and move. So like moving while I hydrate, I guess that's one. And if I can get those three things, I'm good. And then I do like a bunch of little shit, like chlorophyll in my water and minerals and lighting a candle and incense and just like bossa nova. Like I like, I like setting a vibe. And then I always sit down and I always plan out my day and what I want to accomplish that day, but I don't overwhelm myself. Sometimes I see people making like a six page to-do list Mine's very short. It's a, called a priority list. It's like, what do I have to get done today to move the needle? And everything on that list is something that is moving the needle towards my goal or goals. And again, that's that's a lot of systems. I love that. I think that's so important. I, like, regardless of what people think, you need to set yourself up for success and be able to create those boundaries so that you can be as effective as possible. All right, let's end with some rapid fire questions. Let's do it. Okay. My favorite way to rest and reset is? Reading my Kindle, alone in my room. <laughs> I like to be alone. I like to have solitude. What are some of your favorite books? Oh, my God. Right now, I'm reading The Almanac of Naval, which is incredible if you're in business. I'm also reading The Perfect Marriage, which is, like, very juicy and, and will tune you out. I just started Chriselle of Selling Sunsets Under Construction. Ooh. Yeah, I think that'll be juicy too. I love The Daily Stoic, but I'm obsessed right now with Robert Greene's The Daily Laws. And I'll have like one on Audible, like two on my Kindle, and one that I'm reading hard copy. I'm, I think reading like out of every single thing in my life, the most life-changing thing is reading. I. Ha like, I love to read. I love that. Yeah, no, The Daily So It's Great. The worst piece of advice I ever received was? I'm noticing that there's, like, this underlining tone that you can't be multifaceted as a woman. For instance, you can't have a baby and have a career and run a company and, and maybe then you want to write a book on something completely random that has nothing to do with anything. I am all about niching down. I've been like that since I was little and I'm, I'm like, great. But you can also niche down and you can also be multifaceted at the same time. Like, I can love, I, I said this on a podcast the other day. I, when I'm in Austin, there is no makeup. I am wearing like relaxed flannel clothes, Michael sweats, like I am relaxed here. But when I go to LA, I wanna dress up and I wanna be completely glamorous with extensions and eyelashes and all the things. And I noticed that there's like kind of a resistance to women being multifaceted. Even when people ask me like, do you have a nanny? If there was a man that was running a company like mine or a product line, no one would fucking ask him that. And so I think that, I think the worst advice I've ever heard is that you can't be multifaceted. You can, you, you can like pink, but also walk into a boardroom of 40 men and school their ass. 1,000% couldn't agree more. Yeah, and there was this hilarious meme going around that was, I was like, this is so true. That was like asking all the dads, have you ever been called a working dad before? No, no one calls anyone a working dad. It's just working moms. It's so messed up. Your favorite beauty product right now is? My favorite beauty product is these masks by Omad. 
And what I like to do is I like to put them on, they're, they're by a Chinese medicine doctor, I think. I like to put them on and then I like to ice roll over the mask. It is heaven. And, and I, I got my makeup done today and she said, what did you do to your skin this morning? And I put that mask on and I ice rolled over it. It just de-puffs and moisturizes at the same time. My God, I love it. The secret to working with your partner is. Oh, <laughs> oh my God, I gotta write a book on that. <laughs> I don't have the secret. It's really hard. Yeah. That is very challenging. I mean, we've gone through ebbs and flows with that. Michael very much cannot shut it off. I can shut it off. And I've had to set boundaries. Like, we're not gonna talk about the bank account at 11.30 at night. Get the fuck out of here. I'm, I'm reading my Kindle, like, at a very, very strong boundaries about what works. And I feel like over time, you kind of train them, which is nice. I love that. <laughs> I don't wake up and talk to me about work. I don't want to do that. Like, you can go in your room. You can wake up to tw your Twitter feed. I don't want to, like, I don't want to do that. So I think boundaries, and it's very, very challenging, but it's very rewarding. There's a lot of rewards in it. It's a lot of figuring out what works for you and creating boundaries. Absolutely. Boundaries, boundaries, boundaries. All right, let's give it up for Lauren Boston. Thank you, guys. That was so much Thank fun. Thank you. Thank you. For more inspiring conversations like this one, follow the Work Party Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure to rate and review us or show us some love on social. We love seeing you tune in every week and share your favorite episodes. We're at Work Party on Instagram and at It's a Work Party on Facebook and Twitter. I'm your host, Jacqueline Johnson, and this is Work Party.